The following podcast is a part of RadioMisfits.com. And now it's time for the Mr. Nelson Show. Okay, welcome everybody to the Mr. Nelson Show, episode uh, 78. And this is Lefty Turnick uh, sitting in for uh, Doug Nelson because he's a little late uh, coming into the show. Yeah. Well, come on, so, in. I think we'll take this opportunity to discuss some things that I believe oh, God. should be. Huh. Oh, Lord. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, now, Red, stop that. I mean, come on. A little knowledge never hurt anyone. Huh. Tell that to Eve in the Garden of Eden. Well, I guess that just speaks volumes of where you're coming from there, Red. Lord, now look, I don't know that you have permission to be taking over the show like this. Oh, no? Well, here, I'll play a message from Mr. Nelson himself. Hey, Lefty, it's Doug. Listen, I'm going to be a little late Lefty. getting into the show, uh, taking care of some errands and whatnot, so I'm going to need you and Red to uh, kind of get things rolling, and then I'll come in with my interview with our guest, and uh, we'll catch up uh, towards the end there. So uh, take care of it, guys. I know you won't let me down. There you go, there see? You go. He said Lefty what? and Red. Well, that's just yeah. splitting heads. You ain't sure we both are. Look, that's the... Look, I've prepared a that, piece. Yeah, uh, but I'm uh, going to veto uh, that because uh, I don't want to hear but, your but, bull. But, yeah. Red, I mean, did, did you prepare anything? Well, no. Well, then there you go. We got to do something well, to pick, uh, take up this uh, time, so. Yeah, but I don't see that puts you in charge. It's not really putting me in charge, Red. We're going to share the time. I'm going to uh, inform you on the piece that I prepared. And, of course, you could uh, comment. Huh, well, yeah, all right. Yeah, see, I thought you could be reasonable. Well, well what is this we're going to talk about? Well, I'm so glad you asked, Red, because it's the very important subject of our times. I am, of course, speaking about white privilege. What? Oh, God, yeah. just kill me now. Oh, Jeez, oh, Lord, oh, it's man. It's going to be that... Bad oh, Red, you'll well. get through it, I promise, and you might even learn something. I doubt it. Yes, this is a popular myth that's been going around online, and some people have made fun of it. Yeah, but yep. it speaks to things and lessons that we all could share. Is that true? Oh, God. It's merely ten suggestions, or rather, truths, I think, huh. that uh, can help us all out as a people. Yes, it's ten ways you can actively reject your white privilege. Mm, yes. Oh, Number one, take up minimal space during anti-racism dialogues and protests. What? What the hell? I mean, what is that all about? Well, you've got to understand, Red, that your white presence can be quite triggering and a bit insulting when discussing the trauma of racism with you yourself. Yeah, uh, uh, are a symbol of that uh, racism, and it can be quite harmful. So you you need to take the back seat, so to speak, when it comes to those uh, dialogues and, and protests. And uh, yeah, that's that, that's that's the first lesson you need to learn there, Red. 
uh, you've got to understand the other side of things. And don't just think that everybody thinks like you do, because they don't. Number two, stop contributing to gentrification and calling it urban development. No good, God. You try to make someplace nice and pretty. But and worse something, now you're a bigot? Get out of here. Oh, but that's your ideas of nice and pretty, Red, and you've no right to impose them on anyone else. Oh, now, Lord. Number three, listen. Yeah, this is very important, Red. Listen oh, when people call you on your microaggressions. Oh, that's a bunch of whore. Yeah. Uh, there ain't nothing micro about microaggressions. Red Neckerton is up front and in your face, whether you like it or not. Well, I guess you got me there, Red, yeah. Hmm. All right, number four. Never invite people of color to the table well. for the sake of claiming diversity. What? Wait a minute now. You mean tell me you, you get slammed for not being involved in uh, appreciating uh, equally uh, uh, colored people? Oh, my you God. Them to no, Red, that's wrong. You can't do that. What? You can't say those terms. That's what? not the way you say it. What the hell are you going on about? You can't call them colored people. Well, that's what you said. What? That's exactly what you said. No, I used the proper phrase of what? people of color. What? That's how you're supposed to do it. What, what the hell's the difference? Oh, Red, good Lord, the ignorance. Just, what? Look, we're running out of time. No, we got to get through no, this. Uh, but what, no, damn it! Look, he's no, like this Red, number three. You can't up, win for trying. I mean, you you just can't no, win. Red, <sighs> number five, refrain from using your non-white friends as your urban dictionary. What? What? Well, damn! How the hell am I supposed but, to understand their point of view if I can't even ask them no, about it? No, you just don't. Just try to get little cheap points of. Understanding a few little details and and terms like that to, to, to like pass yourself off as somebody who understands culture and whatnot. What? When in truth, you're just trying to get away with what? your your your, your sinister thoughts. What? what? Yeah, yeah. Now number six, stop lifting up non-confrontational people of color as examples of what. People of color activism should be. Oh, well, I guess we got to stop praising Martin Luther King, man. Oh, no, don't. don't how dare you? That's what? red. You should be ashamed of yourself. Oh, good Lord. He was, he was the one trying to get everybody to get along. What's wrong with that? Oh, red, red. It's so hard to get through that thickness of your skull, but... Oh, I just can't help myself. I must try. I must. Oh, God. Yes. Number seven. Call your friends, family, and co-workers out on racism, even if a person of color isn't into the room. Well, you sure do that one, Lefty. You <laughs> sure do. Well, thank you, Red. Yes, yes, I do tend to try to be a part of the solution and not part of the problem. Oh. Number eight. Understand that all anti-racism work doesn't look the same and advocate what? accordingly. What? Wait, what? Don't worry, Red. Because number nine, realize that all discussions about race aren't for you. What? And be okay with it. Well, then why are we talking about it now? Oh, Red, just... Uh, 
Lord, it's just, it's, it's impossible, you know? I think it really is, but I just can't give up. I, it's in me to try, like I said, to be a part of the solution and not the problem. So finally, of course, number ten, recognize that you're still racist. What? No matter what. Oh, good Lord. Well, you know, I guess that that's the perfect way to end that whole thing, you know, yeah. and it's somewhat comforting, Lefty, that uh, yeah. you're admitting that, well, you're racist, too. What? Well, no, I'm not. Where do you get that? From looking at you. I mean, I'm white. You're white. This is all about white privilege. I mean, hell, you got to be a racist because, uh... You look just like one. <laughs> Damn you, Red. You just got to make a mockery of everything I'm trying to do. Here I am. I'm trying everything I've got with it, mate, well, to make the Yeah. All right, folks. Uh, we're going to take a short little break here. We're going to come back. Doug Nelson's going to have his interview with Steve Cooper from uh, coopertalk.net. So stick around for that after these brief messages. Come on back now, you hear? like the sound of my voice yes you know you do and you want to hear it in the best way possible so why not get yourself some headphones and accessories from tweaked audio key features include eight colors and styles mic and non-mic versions designed to sound great for music and talk noise reducing design with a lifetime warranty so head over to tweakedaudio.com and use discount code mr nelson at checkout for 33 percent off and free worldwide shipping that's mr nelson M-R-N-A-I-L-S-I-N. It's not case-sensitive, but it is all one word. That's tweakedaudio.com. Next time on My Brother's Keeper. My name is Earl Handley, and I own the Handley Tackle Shop. Uh, It's the business my daddy left me, and I've been running it ever since. Uh, my younger brother Daryl is, well, I love him, I do, but he's just been an idiot since the day he was born. He recently, uh, ruined his marriage, his wife kicked him out of the the trailer house because he couldn't let go of the computer porn. So, now I figured it was my obligation to look out for him, so he's moved in with me and my wife and kids. And uh, he doesn't have a job, so I'm going to have to give him one here at the tackle shop. Yeah, I, I, I always looked up to, uh, to Earl, and I really appreciate uh, what he's doing for me. And I, I'm going to show him. I'm going to show him that I, 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 I'm something now. Well, I just hope they get along better than they do before. I'm not... Very confident that this will happen, but I just want everything to work out. It's just, they, 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 they get into these big conflicts over, you know, little things. God damn it, Daryl! Get in here! What? What'd I do now? I just came out of the bathroom. Yeah, you know, yeah, look at me. Look at me when I'm talking to you. Did you? Did you piss in my toilet? Did you? Now, I did Shut up! And answer me! Did you or did you not... Piss in my toilet! <laughs> People say I'm overreacting. We got a guest room toilet. That's where he can do his business. He don't do it in mine. I don't know what to do. <laughs> How can Daryl grow if Earl keeps putting him down? And meanwhile, what about Sally Handley? 
Can she keep it all together while being trapped in the middle? I just wish they could understand that when nature calls, you know, sometimes... Don't make excuses for him, Sally. Damn it, you know I don't like that. And then things got even more serious. I can't wait to see that Superman Batman movie. <laughs> that ought to be something there. Yeah. Daryl! Come here, you! Oh, uh, uh, Earl, I. Uh, Stupid uh, idiot! Did you shit in my toilet? Uh, well, Don't uh, stammer! Answer me! Did you shit in my toilet? Hey. <laughs> yes, I did. I had the runs. My brother's keeper. Monday nights on TLC. And now back to the Mr. Nelson Show here on RadioMisfits.com. All right, we're back, and now it's time for me to uh, welcome my guest on the Mr. Nelson Show. Uh, we're going to be talking to Steve Cooper of coopertalk.net. Uh, my good friend, the Reverend Bob Levy, was a guest on his program, and uh, so that's how I got to know about him. And he has uh, he talks to a lot of fascinating people, so you should, uh, should uh, check him out if you haven't already. So uh, anyway, welcome to the show, Steve. Thanks, man. It's good to be on. It's good to be on. Yeah, Bobby Levy. And I, I've known Bobby back in the day when I was in, I grew up outside Philadelphia, New Jersey, and God. Years ago, when I did stand up, me and Bob and Jim Florentine used to work together a lot. That was a lot of leather jackets. <laughs> yes, I can imagine. Because <laughs> Bobby yeah, always had Bobby had like a leather overcoat, and I had a leather overcoat, and Jim just had like a tight jeans and a like a white leather jacket. Oh, he had he had to stand out. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, he was the metalhead. But guy, you, you guess you guys should have gotten motorcycles. <laughs> I know, yeah, it would be great. But yeah, I worked with them a few times. It was it was good. It was a good time. Yeah, I, oh, I can imagine. Boy, the stories those guys tell. <laughs> yeah, comedy was crazy back then. That was the yeah. old days of debauchery. <laughs> uh, so uh, you ended up in broadcasting, and uh, how'd you get that uh, going? I was. I ended up in LA, and I was doing marketing for restaurants. You know, I'd done some freelance writing stuff and things like that, and I was doing some marketing. And what happened was, I met a guy who had an, in, at a fun a like chamber of commerce mixer who ran an internet station. Uh, Indie back then it was ninety two five kyhy.com. Okay. Um, then became indie one hundred dot com. Closed. But he, someone said Steve should do a show. So I just, I always wanted to do radio. So I started. You know, I would do in the beginning. It was an hour show, and I would do it once a once a week. And I would have to play half music, and I would get guests and interview them. Yeah. And I got some of my old comedy friends on and different like that. And then I started meeting people out here in L.A. You know, I remember I I ran into Kato Kale. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, he's actually, he's a great guy. We, we've stayed friends. and uh, Yeah, but it's just so funny because, like, young people have no idea who Kato Kalen is. You know, yeah, I know. Older, yeah. You have around the OJ. But, uh, yeah, so, and yeah. I just started, yeah, I just started sending letters on Facebook to people and I booked Robbie Benson and I booked Gresson and I booked, I was getting to book all these people. And then there was some people. I knew. Well, hang on a minute. You're breaking and up here. Can you start that again? It's just parlor. Oh, can you hear me? Yeah, it's breaking up. So 
it's breaking up. I, yeah, I, you're I'm, breaking I'm talking. Up. I, I, I can hear. Well, I can hear you completely clear. Yeah. But and it appears to breaking, be a bit of a delay too. So. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, because usually Skype, I, I just because I, I hear you perfectly. I mean, what should I? Uh, what do you want to do here? Well, you're, you're sounding great now. I'm kind of, you know, I'm not quite sure what's going on. Uh, I guess we could try to, you can try hanging up and call me again. If you want. Yeah. I don't know what's going on. Um, yeah, me, we can try that. Otherwise it might just be fine. Well, am I breaking up now? No, you're not. That's, that's strange. Now that we're not talking about anything. <laughs> yeah, of course. Well, you want to just keep yeah. going? And, or, yeah, or, I just keep going. So, well, like today, you know, I mean, I mean, you know, my guests have just gotten big today. I, I interviewed Stephen Piercy, the lead singer from Rat. And wow. uh, yesterday I interviewed the drummer from Tesla. And, uh, yeah, I mean, I, it's funny, you know. Getting, yeah, you know, I was looking at your guests uh, lately. A lot of a lot of rockers there in your latest episodes. <laughs> yeah, you know what happens, man? These these actors aren't getting back to me. No. I don't know what it is. Like, you know, I've hit up some of them, and I have I haven't – Going to my friends, you know, I have friends who are character actors who have got me people. And yeah. it's crazy. I, you know, you send them a message on Facebook and you see that they saw the message and they're not getting back to me. And I'm like, God, but then the music guys, I'm getting them off from Twitter. I mean, I sent Slim Jim Phantom from the uh, from the Stray Cats two tweets, booked them. Piercy wow. was following me. I booked him off Twitter. You know, it's weird. I used to be Facebook, but for some reason, I'm just getting rockers and I... I don't know what it is, you know, I, and I like the rockers, <laughs> but I, I want to keep it mixed, you know? Right, so, right. You will see, you know, we'll, we'll see. It's just, you can't, you, as I said, you, you take what best you can, you know, and I record, I'll do it two or three episodes a week. And yeah, so that's what I do. And then it's, it's been, it's been good. I've been lucky. I've, I've gotten to meet a lot of people. I used to record them in a studio. So when I did that, I would meet them. But now right, because right. I record out of my house through Skype, like you do, and or I can yeah. also... I pay Skype two dollars and ninety nine cents a month for unlimited calling in the United States. So if they don't, if guys don't aren't into Skype, I end up calling them that way. And yeah. So it's great. It's great because I've met a lot of people that you know you never thought you'd meet. I mean, God, I I had the girl who played Deborah Foreman, played Valley Girl. Like who didn't have a crush on her? Yeah. Next thing you know, yeah, spiping an right. hour interview with her. I mean, wow. everybody. I had Terry Nunn from Berlin in the studio. Who didn't have a crush on her? God, I mean, <laughs> I'm 52. This 80s crap is what I, I live for, you know. I mean, and now I mean, yeah. it's it's just it's just the way I do it. It's 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 fun and it's it's. I mean, I don't know what my demographic is. I think it's older because my guests are older and I'm older, but that's fine. I'm fine with that. Yeah, it's still a large crowd, and uh, I'm 46, so of course the 80s, you know, a child of the 80s, and uh, and it's it's kind of a similar thing. I mean, you've got the huge advantage being in L.A. I'm living in Louisiana, and I I, I met uh, Bob Levy through Twitter. You know, I did I did these Photoshop memes and stuff like that, and it, it uh, and that he he loved it. And then we started talking, and the next thing you know, I, I did some of these kind of fake little video promos on YouTube for his show. And he said, "Damn, you got a good voice there. You know, we want to do more voiceovers for the show." And I said, "Yeah." The next thing I knew, I was a co-host, and then. Uh, you know, and then more people were interested, and through that, you know, well, now I've uh, I I do a show also with uh, uh, a guy named Rob Saul, and uh, yeah, I know Rob, with, right? And we, I co-host it with him and uh, Owen Elliott, who was Mama Cass's daughter, 
And, and then you go from there, and you, meet, and you get to talk to other people that were, you know, uh, we, we, Pia Sedora came on the show, <laughs> you know, people like that, you know. So it's a strange thing that, because uh, I remember a time when this was uh, impossible, you know, but it's this, this uh, technology of our times. Yeah, I mean, it, it, and what's great about it, and you're right, it, it was impossible. I mean, I would, there would never have been a show for me years ago because you know you wouldn't you couldn't get in touch with these people you know now you can right, hit them up on right. facebook you hit them on twitter you're in louisiana you know i'm moving back in new jersey in may the thing is oh wow when i left the studio when i stopped you know because the studio indy 100 closed i had to hustle so i said i'll do it at home and now yeah. it's great because i can record anytime anywhere i mean thanksgiving i was back east i recorded an episode uh, a lot of these guys i talked to you know the, a, lot, a lot of musicians live in nashville you know, and it's a lot easier when you're not saying, hey, I live in Burbank. It's like, hey, come to the studio in Burbank on a Tuesday at this time. Now it's like, hey, you know. Just make time we, to call. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, you got time? Hey, it's a Saturday. What are you doing? Nothing. Hey, you know, let's, let's, let's throw down an episode. And that's what makes it great. And, and you learn that a lot of guests, they are very, um, they want to talk, man. You know, they right. just, I, get, I get, I get a lot of drummers. And the reason I get drummers is because. A very good friend of mine I met a year ago is the drummer for Jason Aldean. It's a guy named Rich Redmond. And Rich is a very uh, respected drummer in Nashville and in rock and roll. And so he would just he would just hook me up with guests. Like, you know, all of a sudden I got Billy Joel's old drummer, Liberty DeVito, calling me. I got Carmine Apice, who's a legend, texting me. You know, it's like yeah. that's the cool stuff when you go, wow. I mean, I have a I have like between Skype numbers and phone numbers, I have a crap load of numbers. I, I had a PR lady send me something. Uh, I'm having a guitarist, another guitarist. There we go. More musicians. <laughs> yeah. uh, and what do you say? Uh, musician named Richie Cotson. And uh, she gave me his number, but she says, you know, this is one time use. And I'm like, of course, you know, because you can't give people's numbers away. Else you screw oh, yourself. Oh, no, that would, you know? boy, that, that, that would, would be follow done. you everywhere. Yeah. So, but I do have an actor coming on in two weeks. An actor, he's been on before. His name is Xander Berkeley. Wonderful actor. He'll be on The Living Dead this, I mean, on The Walking Dead this year. Walking Dead. Yeah, I've heard of him. Yeah. But so, yes, yeah, so that's that's a good I'm, I'm getting an actor. I, I said I, he liked one of my Facebook posts with friends on there. And I said, you got to come back on the show. And he goes, sure, I'd love to. And I said, good. So that's how it works. too. I like to get repeat people because then, you yeah. know, them, and then you're talking to them and it's a uh, it, it's it makes the interview easier. You know, you never know what you're going to get with someone. I mean, I've only had one person who I won't mention and that I just the interview bored the crap out of me. I think I may have even wrapped <laughs> it like five minutes early. Just because wow. yeah. I used to do an hour. She was just boring. And I'm yeah. like, I like, you know, and she wasn't talking about them. She's had a screwed up life. Don't get me wrong. I don't I don't yeah. talk about that stuff, but stuff comes up. But I was sitting here talking to her and I'm like, okay, man, this is, I'm, I'm, so I'm looking at the clock because, you know, the stu- <laughs> yeah, when well, you're looking at the clock, you know, it's bad. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You're like, holy crap, <laughs> we're, only, we're only 10 minutes into this. And I'm like, I got to do an hour. Oh, you know, so. <laughs> But uh, yeah, so that's about it. But yeah, that's how that works, you know. It, it you build up a network right then and there, and word of mouth, and then one guest leads to another, and that sort of thing, and then you build up a reputation of someone who's not going to give them any crap, you know. Right. I mean, I mean that happened. You know, I watched that show Better Call Saul, and uh, Patrick Fabian's the blonde jerky lawyer. I think he's a really oh, good actor. Yeah, yeah. So I send my friend who's been on twice, who's a character actor. He would know his face because name's Spencer Garrett. I sent Spence a message and I go, hey, man, do you know Patrick Fabian? He goes, give me a second. It's on Facebook. 
no lie, five minutes later, here, call him. He wants, he'll, he'll, he wants to do your show. So stuff cool. like that happens, you know, and that's, yeah. that's when you get the name and people, I do my research. That's the one thing people always say, you know, you, you do research. And the funny thing is my whole research process only takes me about 15 minutes. I read Wikipedia. I look at their website and I don't write anything out. Nothing's formulated. I just ad lib and I just run with it. I don't have any set questions written out because no. I, I want it to be organic. Right, right. That's the best way to do it. You, you know, you, it's a few jumping off questions that you can get from a background, but to sit there and read the entire, you know, autobiography or whatever, <laughs> and what's the point of doing the show? <laughs> exactly. And some people do that, which is, I don't get that. That's just not fun. That's like, you know, yeah. why don't you just read a damn book? Yeah. <laughs> and then you're done. You can just say, well, uh, buy his book, everybody. You'll know. Well, show's over. <laughs> exactly. Well, that's the one. I had one guest who was like, oh, the stories are in the book. I'm like, Jesus, God. Yeah. I don't want you. You know what? You're coming on to promote your book. Just tell me some of the damn stories. You know, because the bottom line is people are still going to buy your damn book. I mean, I, it's funny. Right. My girlfriend got me that Springsteen book, and I still have to read it. But it's like 400 pages. You know, but, yeah. but if I heard him telling the stories, I would still read the book. I wouldn't be like, oh, oh, wait. No, oh, my God, I heard that story. Oh, my God, you know. So it's funny like that. Every <laughs> guest is different. Well, I'm pretty sure they all coach them. Don't tell them everything, you know. But you gotta, you gotta have something, you know, a, a bit of a teaser, a trailer, if you will, for your book. So it's just, just, just buy the book. Well, yeah, it doesn't work, man. It doesn't work. No. So yeah. But, so go ahead. So, uh, so you said like the one that bored you the most. What was the one that uh, you know that kind of stuck with you or the most fascinating, if you will? Honestly, man, that is such. I, I, I see. I'm five. I'm, I've done almost 600 episodes. Yeah. Okay, on my website, CooperTalk.net, uh, you can find I think 597. And Ed Asner was funny because he's just like he came in the <laughs> studio, and, wow. and right, right before him, I had Sharon Lawrence, and oh. and he's like, oh, he walks in the studio after she they rounded each other, and he's like, oh, I always loved that woman. Did she talk into this? And so he kisses the mic. <laughs> and, he's sitting there. And, and he is like this nice guy. But the studio was really hot that day. Now you forget that Ed Asner is 87 years old or whatever. And yeah. I swear to God, like he started to doze off. And it wasn't anything bad. He was having fun, but he just, he's old. And then he yeah. was trying to tell me how he was trying, you know, he tried to hook up with Cloris Leachman. And so he was, it just, <laughs> A guy, wow. a guy like that is so intimidating because it, that's a Hollywood legend. Yeah, you know what I mean. That's not like it's not like you know an, an actor. He's five Emmys. He's won. So you know, but there's so many great interviews. I, you know, Robbie Benson. You know, everyone loved him in in yeah. uh, in one on one. And a little known fact about him. You know, he said three open heart surgeries. That's one of the reasons why he pretty much stopped acting a lot. Oh yeah, I believe it. Yeah, I did because hear he about that. I didn't know it was but, that extensive, but still. Yeah, and and he, I mean, he's a competitor. You know, after his one open heart surgery, he ran a half a marathon like a month later. And his doctor's <laughs> like, "You don't do that stuff, Robbie." But, <laughs> and so he, I want to try it out. Yeah, but it was like, but so people like that, you know, when you when you're talking to them and you're like, "Wow," you know, it's a lot of times it's very humbling when you sit there and go, you know, "Wow, this person's talking to me." You know, I mean, just the fact yeah. that. They're, they're stars. I mean, Neil Varnalos, you know, she's Oscar nominated. You know, people, I've had so many people, I can't, I can't watch a day of TV without seeing at least one guest on a show, a commercial, or someone who's written it. Because I've gotten a lot of 
people who've created TV shows. I had Phil Rosenthal who created Everybody Loves Raymond. I had um, I had uh, Rob Thomas who not Rob Thomas Rob Long who created uh, Sullivan and Son, but also was a showrunner for Cheers. Um, Mark wow. Brazil who created that '70s show. Sean Ryan who created The Shield. So you know you sit there and so for me it's like I always know I'm gonna know someone. You know I'm a big Seinfeld yeah. fan. I, I had three Seinfeld writers on in one episode. Cool. So it's just it's yeah you just sit there and they're great. You just you know bottom lines. As long as they know you're in control and you're not a prick, you know, yeah. they're, they're fine. They, they love talking. They open up. And then that's what makes it great. Yeah. Cause I mean, and, and, and there's tons of great stories that'll come out of that, but that's gotta be a surreal experience. I think that's how the best way to coach it. Cause when you, someone you, you grew up watching them you know, like Ed Asner with Mary Tyler Moore and all that. And then, uh, all of a sudden there he is sitting in the room with, <laughs> <laughs> and then, and like you said, you know, you'll find yourself watching the shows, and then the the credits roll. In. Yeah, I know that guy. <laughs> I know. I was funny with Ed when I took the picture. He like goes, "I'm not going to, I'm not going to curse. I don't want to get you in trouble." But he's oh, like, you can if you want. Doesn't matter. Okay. Well, he just looks at me, and we're taking the picture, and I he goes, "Look at that fucking snide look on your face." <laughs> I went, I went, oh, I said, scowl for me, Ed. So I have a great picture because he's got those big eyebrows, you know, yeah. and he's, just, he's scowling and I'm like, it was just funny. I mean, and that's the thing, you know, they, they a lot of the pictures, that, that was the one thing that I missed about the studio because I mean, the town I grew up, I'm moving back to right near where I grew up. And you know, there's, I, I have people I went to high school with who are like huge lawyers and, and doctors, but, but yeah. just cause I had those pictures, it's like, I'm like the rock star, you know, yeah. like, like, you know, you know, everybody. Buddy, man, how do you know you, Joe? You know everybody. I'm like, no. I, I said, I'm. You know, you guys live in a mansion. I'm moving back to a condo. You know, it's like, <laughs> you guys, you guys know. But it's just funny because when you when they see when they would see you with the actors, you know, people get. I mean, I don't get affected by it, and I think it's living in L.A. But you know, yeah. if you, you know, in L.A., you see people all the time, and they always go, "Hey, I think that's Tim." Yeah, you're in a restaurant, or you sit there, and you go, hey, "You know, I think it's him." But for some people, you know, it's really big, the celebrity sighting. You know, it's like my one friend, I said my friend plays for Jason Aldean. I know a very successful lawyer in my hometown who loves Jason Aldean and wants to play the drums. So I sent him a pair of drumsticks for my buddy just to be nice. And he was like ecstatic. And then me and Rich would go live on Facebook sometimes right before the Grammys. And people were like all checking it out. And, and you know, he's, Rich is a very good looking guy. So the women are like, oh, is he single? Yeah. And I'm like... <laughs> He's a freaking rock star, but yeah. I need a country star. But, you know, it's just so, yeah, it's just weird. The people you meet is weird. And then, you know, I was telling my girlfriend this. And I told other people this, that they're all just people, you know, like like you'll hear stories like, oh, I heard that person's a jerk on set. Yeah, but every every circle has jerks. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. yes. like you know, a, a, if there's a there's a group of accountants, I'm sure one of these guys is a prick. You know, so yeah. you just you don't hear you hear about them more because they're celebrities. But you know, I mean, sure, you right, know, you right. probably know some real jackasses out there, and just people don't talk about them because they're like, oh, you know, they don't want to. That's what's that's what happens, I think, too. Yeah, yeah, and and you know, because they're in such a it, it's a strange and uh, small amount of people that are in uh, the industry in the sense of uh, uh, who uh, who becomes a star, who becomes an actor that you see regularly. And uh, so it's always it's hard to relate to it for the average guy who's watching it. 
And so uh, it's always kept above that there's a strange, almost alien species. <laughs> I know you're right. It's true. It's like, and then for me, it's just become second nature. I mean, and I mean, I don't, I have no problem interviewing anybody. I don't really get intimidated. I mean, you you sit there when like when you interview someone like a Stephen Piercy, who you know when these guys were singers, like huge crowds. You know, I mean yeah. that that's sometimes it's, it's you don't know you know you're not sure how to go about it because they've seen so much. But as I said, you know, I, I've not had, I only had one guest who was a jerk. And that was when I first started. And he's like a no name comic. And I'm like, looking back, I'm like, what a prick. He was like, so uninteresting. <laughs> and he was just like, I'm like, I, I don't, I don't think he could talk for an hour. You know, I was just like, yeah. wait, you know, it, it's just, it's crazy. And a lot of these guys though, you know, their stories, they just, it just rolls, you know, and, and they once you get them started talking, they love talking. And I'm like, hey, I'm cool with that, man. Just keep talking. And right, right. Let them roll. So yeah, yeah. I mean, with the guy who's giving you problems, some of that, some of that is like, why did he even bother to do the show? You know, he could have just turned you down. <laughs> I got him at the last minute. As I said, he's a, he's not known. It was in the very beginning. Someone said, I hey, use this guy. I said, all right. And then, I mean, it wasn't. It, he wasn't being mean he just sucked as a guess <laughs> i mean it's like dude you know don't don't and I, I always tell comics that come on don't do bits my show is yeah. not to do bits now given you know comics are very funny and bits will come up and that's fine you know if you're talking and they slip an right, or right. you know my one friend says oh i got this new bit and then it, and I, I delivered it like this i'm fine with that but my thing is don't come on and be like Hey, you know, like whenever you see, and I love Seinfeld, but whenever you see Seinfeld on, on a, like a show, it's like all the interviews are all set up for his bits. And it's like, I don't want to see, I don't want to hear bits. I want to hear about you. If I want to hear right. bits, I'll go on the YouTube and I'll play your comedy, <laughs> but I don't watch live comedy. Anyway, I did comedy for years. I'll probably start doing it again back East, but I don't watch comedy. I don't want to hear comedy and not to be arrogant, but I, you know, I tweet a lot of funny stuff. You know, you better be damn funny because if, if you tie a bit and it sucks, I'm going to tell you it sucks because it's not funny. Yeah. And it's just not it's not the venue for it. You know, I mean, you're like for an interview, which is best to be a conversation. Uh, I mean, you know, it's like he said, he could demonstrate a few ideas and whatnot that he did explain what he does. But to just go into like some of them who do characters and whatnot uh, at that point, it, it takes you out of the conversation. Yeah, I'll tell you. I'll tell you a very funny story about characters and whatnot. In the very beginning, well, not in the early days of Cooper Duck, um, I had Judy Tenuta on, sweet, sweet woman. <laughs> yeah. But all of a sudden, you know, I, I closed the door. I, I think I went and got her some coffee. I come back into the studio. She has her uh, whatever she used to play, like that. Oh, that accordion, accordion. thing. Yeah. She's an accordion. I'm like, how the hell, how did she get walk into the studio? I didn't even see her with a damn accordion. And before man, uh -huh. I. I sit there, I start the interview, and she's playing the accordion. And I was just like, no, 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 no. I, and I was very <laughs> nice about it, but I was like, no, no. Uh, you know what? Um, let's just talk. I don't feel like having a gun in your bits. And then she was very, she was a very good interview, and she was very nice. But I was just like, I don't, I don't even know. Like, I don't even know where the accordion came from. I'm swear to God, she didn't have it when she walked in. <laughs> well, that's know? the interesting part here. I mean, good Lord, how did she do that? I mean, it was a small accordion given, but I was sitting there going, this is crazy. But that was like the one time I was like, nah, you just, I can't, you can't do the bits. And, and you know, it was, and I was, I was new then, but I was just like, I know what I want. You know, I don't want, yeah. I don't want this. 
But it's an easy point, to, I would think, to make because it's like, well, you know, Mr. Tanuta, everybody that sees your act, they've seen that. You know, the the real point of uh, talking here was getting to know you, you know, beyond right. uh, your, your your character. Yeah, I mean, that's, 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 that's why you do it. You know, you do an interview to get to know, and you promote, you know, you can promote your stuff. But, right, uh, right. but you know, and that's fine. If you have a new project, I just said a, a great actress, uh, Liz Vassy, who's on CSI. She's and she's acted for a long time. She was on the show with the Lawrence Brothers, Brotherly Love. She was on that show and she's been around and she's, you know, but she's doing a documentary. So I specifically wanted to talk about that. It's a documentary about distance running called The Human Race. I wanted to bring that up because that's something, you know, that's important to them. And so then yeah. when, when I when I know they're doing something like that, I'll usually pop that in the middle, like at like the 38 minute mark of the interview and maybe talk to them about five minutes and then go back to their thing, their career. So they can at least get that out there. Yeah. So, yeah. So, you still there? Yeah. I was, I was, I was, OK, I, I, thought, the, I thought something had gone out. OK. Yeah. Geez. <laughs> I, I, I ramble. So I don't, I, well, I, that's that's okay. That's what I want you here for. I know, yeah, but when I, you ramble too much, people are like, "What the hell is this guy talking about?" It's like you know, <laughs> it's just you know, it, it's it's funny you know when you talk and you do these interviews and and you just your mind is all over the place, you know. So you don't you don't right, know what yeah. to talk to because especially when you're I'm a host and you're a host, so we have a mutual respect for each other as hosts, and you yeah. don't want to be that guest who just like you're like like if you see Jimmy Walker on when he used to be on Letterman. Man, yeah. before Letterman could get out of the box, Jimmy would be into a bit. I'm telling you, David. What? Yeah. You're like, dude, calm down. You just, just, it's an interview. You don't go through your yeah. bits. I mean, Letterman would be like, what the hell's going on here? Yeah. <laughs> but I guess some of them just don't. Uh, maybe it's still like stage fright or something. They, they want to go back into their character where they feel safer. It might be that. I mean, you know, it's, I guess, when you're on a TV show. But another thing with Letterman was, though, also, which Letterman. You know, doesn't get enough credit given. Letterman was a great interviewer. Letterman could kick the ass as an interviewer because he would yeah. ask questions. Like, you know, I watched, I'll be honest, I watched Jimmy Fallon. And I think Jimmy Fallon's a very talented guy. But Jimmy Fallon yeah, yeah. should have a, uh, should have a basically a variety show to showcase his talents. Because when he yeah. interviews people, he's like a little fanboy. It's like, hey, Jimmy, take your head out of their ass. Yeah. You know? yeah. I mean, it's like, it's like he just sits there. It's like, it's like, it's like a little kid looking at a prom date. And you're like. Dude, come on, you know? And at least let him cast. And, and I like Kimmel. Kimmel gives a good interview. Kimmel's very laid back. He's just, Kimmel's just like that dude that, you know, you'd have a beer with. Yes. <laughs> and that's kind of, like I said, I think that's probably the best way to approach it. You just treat it like a conversation rather than some kind of job or what have you. And, uh, yeah, that business with uh, uh, Fallon and there's other people who will do that. When, when you're fawning too much, uh, in a way, you're kind of hurting your guest, you know, because people just it just makes the viewer kind of sick, you know. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You're right. You're just sitting there going, "Oh my god, this is you know." Why don't you? Get, uh, yeah, you're right. I mean, that's I never really looked at it that way, but you're right because yeah, you're like, uh, and then because you don't like he's hanging on every word of the guest, so he gets yeah, you know, and it, I'm sure the guest gets a little bit uncomfortable because it's like, holy crap, dude, just ask me about my damn movie and let me tell you. <laughs> Yeah. Stop like staring at me like you want to take my clothes off and jump me. <laughs> Everybody already knows that. <laughs> yeah, but, but but the thing is, but the thing is, though, the guy is talented. I mean, he does when he does. His, yeah. Oh yeah. His, yeah. his singing stuff. I mean, the dude's got chops, but he has like the variety show. He should be like, 
like the Carol Burnett show. It should be like the I Jimmy know you Fallon would think show. somebody there have been attempts at that, but it's never been successful to come back. But I would have thought, yeah, like you like you said, because his sketches and whatnot, I think that's where he shines, and he yeah. probably should, yeah, do more of that. You don't have to constantly copy the the Johnny Carson. Well, of course, Johnny did that too. So I, you know, and I think he's retooling now, Fallon, because I think this is the first time uh, Colbert beat him. So I think yeah, now, yeah. He's going, wait a second, which I don't, my girlfriend watches Colbert. I've just never been a big Colbert fan. The guy's, the guy's yeah. got a great mind, you know, and he's, you know, got, he's got the comedy chops and he's got acting chops. You know, he's went to a very good, he went to a Northwestern and he was, in, you know, he was in, a, you know, he's got a good lineage, but yeah. I just never, I, I don't really watch a show. I, I didn't watch the Colbert report. I don't, as I think, you know, the show, it's like if a lot of these shows now, if Trump wasn't president, they wouldn't have gotten a lot of material. But now, though, like with SNL, you know, I'm tired of the Alec Baldwin as the trumpet. But I'll tell you, when <laughs> Melissa McCarthy came on and played Spicer, that was funnier than all hell. I mean, you know, yeah. that was one of the things where you don't even think about politics. You watch a show to laugh. And that right, skit right. was funny. And now I think with I think people are starting to watch SNL again. And I don't my girlfriend tapes it. And, you know. There are it's watchable now. It, for a while, it wasn't, but there was a sketch this past Saturday about Olive Garden. It's freaking hysterical, you know. <laughs> and and you sit there and you go, man, you know, this is the way it should always be because you're paying a ton of writers a lot of money, you know, yeah. and, and that's the thing. And with like with but with Colbert, his if Trump wasn't president, Colbert would not have an opening monologue. And I think what <laughs> happens is people just get tired of it, though. You know, it's not. I don't I don't post political stuff. I don't want to I don't want to see political stuff. I'm tired of political stuff. Like yeah, you Facebook, can't get away from it. Yeah. On Facebook, uh, you're like, holy crap. So what I do oh, is yeah. I post pictures of albums. I go, did you guys own these albums? And I just do it that way. Just to do something different because I don't want the political shit all the time. <laughs> yeah, because I think that a lot of that is going to get to be overkill because I uh, every time I read articles about we need to retool our show to deal with the Trump administration. I said, yeah, don't, <laughs> I, you know, you're going to, you're going to ruin your show because Trump's in the white house. I mean, uh, it, it, these kind of things, like I said about stuff that takes you out of a story and stuff like that, will do that. Uh, when it, I think it's, it, and so uh, with Saturday Night Live, it, 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 for a while there, it was kind of like, it became the Trump show. Right. You know, and and it was always it, Alec Baldwin. And you're like, okay, right, Alec, Alec Baldwin is Baldwin's a funny guy. But after yes. you see it like four times, you're like, yes, OK, it's not like listening to a record. You know, I mean, I'll listen to a song over and over. You know, you keep doing this character and it's going <laughs> to flatline. You know, maybe you should not do it for like four weeks or five. And just yeah, well, hold it off for a while and then you can bring it back. Yeah. And, and uh, when you and pop especially up, when especially if there's you, some new story that really, you, oh, you got to do it, you know. Right. Yeah. And when you and when it pops up, people appreciate it. You know, it's like, yeah, okay. you know, and that's I said, that's with like. With Melissa McCarthy, like no one even knew it was her as Sean Spicer. I know. And, and, but as soon as she talked, everybody went crazy. They're like, yeah. holy crap. And then she came back the next week and went more over top. Now, you know, maybe. But there again, they need to keep, 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 her, keep her in the, you know, you bring her out once in a while. But, yeah. you, you know, and that's that's the problem with Saturday Night Live has always been when they get a hit of a character, something like that. One of the comedians comes up with one. Uh, boy, they they milk that thing for all it's, and then the worst thing is to make a movie out of it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, you know, it's but it's packed. like, uh, I mean, like well, really, do who, who's going to see a movie? It's packed. Yeah, I know. I don't think anyone did. 
<laughs> but yeah, exactly. No one did it. You know, but that's funny. It was like, you know, like last year when they when Larry David would show up as uh Bernie Sanders. Right, right. It worked, but it wasn't all the time. It, he would pop no. up and he nailed that character because you know they look alike. I but know. I was you, gonna it, it, is Larry David in the Senate? <laughs> I know. <laughs> it's like God, but that's the thing though. He only did it once in a while. Like as I said, right, right. If you see the Baldwin thing, you're like, come on, really? You're still doing this? Get some yeah. you know, do some get some comedy chops write something new and i think they're they're doing that as i said i yeah because I, and alec ball get him to do the other stuff he used to do on that show because oh, yeah, sweaty would kill balls man people remember oh, yeah, no. sweaty balls. <laughs> you know, and, then, yeah. and i don't know if you've ever seen he did a one that was a christmas one uh it was with uh the elves like and he played his car basically he played his character from glenn gary glenn ross instead of always yeah, be yeah, closing, yeah, yeah. always be cobbling <laughs> See, that shit's funny. And then, I mean, because I had uh, Keith Powell, who was on 30, uh, 30 Rock, and he said, man, when you work with Alec Baldwin, the dude knows, like, everything to how to act. Like, when it comes to comedy, like, exactly where he should yeah. be. He said, you're watching him, you learn so much. And the guy's been acting forever. And he's went from being a big, you know, he was supposed to be the big heartthrob, and all his movies were sucking. And so then yeah. he went, ended up on comedy, and next thing you know, he's on 30 Rock, and you know, he's right. killing it and the guy knows what he's doing. So he did a great Trump. But as I said, OK, we're done with that. Retire it for right now. Or as you said, maybe if something happens a few weeks from now, you have a right. pop up and then people are like, oh, OK, we, we can enjoy this again. Because, I mean, it's getting exhausting. Every little thing that comes out of that White House is not worth, you know, five seconds of my time. <laughs> and, you know, that's not going to be worth a sketch here and there. Exactly. Um, I know it's crazy. So, yeah, but, but like I said, that applies to, to everything. So every little joke or character, they try to milk it for even longer. And it gets, and I understand it's hard because they do all this in, in a week before they go on the air. And sometimes you got you to gotta fill up that time and it says, well, let's, well, what character you got? Uh, okay, bring that one in. We'll do it. Well, this time he'll be in the drugstore, whatever it is, you know. And it's, uh, so I understand that, uh, but still you can't deny that it, it, it hurts the, the show. Oh yeah. But now luckily it looks like they're swinging back a little bit. You know I mean? Yeah. Uh, they, they have a good cast. I mean, they're, they're, they have talented people, you know, Kate, uh, Kate McKinnon, like, I think that's her name. She won like the grant, uh, the Emmy and she, yeah, does she did good characters. And, you know, Leslie Jones is funnier and, uh, uh, Keenan, that kid's funny. And so it's good. The weekend update, I'm not really, I don't really enjoy it. Yeah, but of course I'm like the only person who whose favorite I love when Norm Macdonald hosts a weekend update, and I love when Colin Quinn hosted it. And most yeah, people like, Colin Quinn sucks, and I was like, no, I'm no, no, he did. He's a funny mother. Oh boy, is he? He's a yeah. funny, and he killed it. And Norm Macdonald was great when he did weekend update. They were just yeah. they delivered right, you know. And Dennis Miller, you know, a lot of them. I just now I just don't really like it. The two guys don't work. Tina Fey was good when she did it, you know. And it's just yeah. even Fallon was good. But it's yeah. just, that's the one part. It's like, it's like, and the writing for the news stories isn't that good, I guess, because they have to concentrate on all the Trump stuff earlier in the sketches that they don't really, I don't They're know. not paying I, attention just, to weird. the rest of it. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Because uh, it, it's a strange thing where they're, they're, they're trying to get at Trump, but then maybe he's gotten at them. <laughs> you know? and, uh, hey, you know, it's like, it's like, yeah, you know, it's like all of a sudden it's like, you keep seeing them, you know, it's like it's they everyone keeps talking about them and that. Yeah, that's the keep talking about him and he's going to he loves it. 
and he'll tweet us and he'll, yeah, he'll tweet Alec Baldwin stinks, you know. And then, yeah. but what happens? It gets all the attention. People and 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 it goes crazy where some people yeah they're feeding white. each other there. Yeah, you know, and and, like, it, and and it's it's volatile sometimes. Yeah. You sit there and go, holy, like I'll sit there on Facebook and go, hey man, guys, I just I just made a joke, you know. Yeah, and I yeah, tweet I a lot at Cooper Talk. Uh, some people follow me on Twitter at Cooper Talk. But no, I mean, I tweeted something about. I said, "Do you think the people who voted for Trump were the same people that voted for Chris Allen over Adam Lambert in uh, in American Idol?" American you think Idol, about it, yeah. You know, fucking Adam Lambert singing with Queen, Chris Allen. I don't even know what he's doing. And a lot of people <laughs> loved it, but then some people were like, "What's that supposed to mean?" And I'm like, "It's a, <laughs> it's a joke, man. You know, it's a joke. It's funny because, you know, and it's just yeah. So it's it's crazy because." You know, it becomes just nuts. But sometimes it's like Trump's tweets themselves. Are, all you got to do is just read them, and you've got a pretty hilarious set of stuff. <laughs> oh, and he doesn't give a crap. Like he'll, No, he he'll, doesn't. He'll, That's what's and he'll have, Yeah, he'll have uh, spelling errors. I mean, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Some would yeah, say, yeah, hey, yeah. man, mix in some auto check. You know, you're, you're a billionaire. You got to have a phone. But I just sit there, and I think he just wakes up at like 4 in the morning, hears yeah. something. <laughs> I'm, he's I'm always on fire. I, I can't contain the ideas that keep me up all night, and uh, I got to get them out there and fire them one at a time. You know, yeah, that's how that's how Trump rolls. It's crazy. It's just, I mean, it's you just laugh, and that's the thing is, you know, it, you know, he he was never supposed to be president. You know, I'm sure his wife's going, "What the hell's this crap?" I, know. I thought I'd be jet <laughs> Well, the world. You know, I, now I for the rest more, of my life, I got the, most, the freaking Secret Service hanging out with me. Yeah, you know, I, 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 I still think that it's, it's so, maybe totally that uh, no one was more shocked than uh, Donald Trump when he he won that night. Oh, I know he 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 thought he was going to lose. Yeah, because he like, he's already he's preparing for it. You know, he was saying you know it's rigged and all that kind of stuff to save face. You know, and then uh, well, <laughs> surprise. I start, I mean, and the thing, what I laughed about it too is, you know, I always say, you know, the, being a president ages you. I mean, Barack oh, Obama yeah. went in, you know, as an attractive, uh, attractive guy, good-looking guy. He came out looking like the Afri- African-American George Burns. Okay, it's his yeah. hair, <laughs> and he just fell apart. Well, you think Trump, who is our oldest president, would have looked at the pictures and go, holy crap, man, in four years. <laughs> well, if I die in the White I'm, House, that's not too Like I'm 90. Yeah. <laughs> right. So uh, the haystack on his head will turn into, a, I, I guess, a snowstack or something. I don't know, man. I, that, that shit will keep getting colored all the time. I know that. Yeah. Uh, well, he, he, I mean, like I said, he would always be good material, but then again, uh, even that gets old. So, yeah. So we'll see what happens. But, uh, but yeah, his tweets, well, it was funny because when he started off with the uh, Obama uh, wiretapped him, Someone put up the series of tweets that he had there, and he was going on about it, and this article and that. And then the last tweet is if this was uh, uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger did not resign from the show. He was fired because his ratings were pathetic. And that's Very what's sad. funny. <laughs> it's like, it's, yeah, it's like, it's like, it's like the president. <laughs> and, oh, by the way, Arnold Schwarzenegger is a loser. <laughs> We are currently experiencing technical difficulties. Please stand by.
Can you hear me? Yeah, there you go. I guess it just dropped. I don't out. know what happened there. Yeah, yeah it just well, said the was... call dropped, so I guess that's what happened. But anyway, well, what... I, that's I, enough Trump. We can move on. <laughs> I wanted to tell you a story about Schwarzenegger. Okay. I used to wait tables at Planet Hollywood. Okay, every celebrity yeah. came in. Alec Baldwin talking came in, good tipper. Tom Arnold, great tipper. Schwarzenegger, yeah. I work his kid's uh, birthday party. Little kids. So I got to deal with all these little kids running around. Now, Schwarzenegger was technically, you know, was one of the owners, but they just paid him and Bruce Willis and all of them just to be and Stallone. Yeah, it was him and Sylvester Stallone and that, those guys. Yeah, yeah. well, Bruce Willis. And so I'm sitting there and I, I do this party. And it's, of course, it's a full comp because he's a star. So I do yeah. it with these kids and it probably was like a $400 bill. And he's like, oh, Steve, Steve, you're so good. Thank you so much. Shakes my hand and gives me a $20 tip. $20 when he, when he got a $400 comp. $20 on a $400 comp. And he's like, he was doing me a favor. He was like, oh, here you go. And I'm like, dude, you like are worth millions. You didn't you just got a free party and you give me $20, you piece of crap. And then the other person, I was when I worked at Planet Hollywood in San Diego, there was a Super Bowl. And so Keanu Reeves had a band, and he was in. The, he had a stupid freaking top hat on, and he and his, him and his band Dogstar were there. Yeah. And at the end, they got comped, of course. Keanu's like, oh, "I got it, man, I got it." So he shakes my hand and he gives me two bills. I'm like, "In sweet, 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 like you know, it's two hundred bucks, you know." It was yeah. two one dollar bills, two dollar <laughs> oh, bills, two dollars. I don't know if he was fucked up and, and screwed up, but and they weren't even like crisp. Dollar bills. They're like, <laughs> like you stuck in your shoe all day. So and he's like, hang on a minute, dude. Let me get tip. some of my lint out of my pocket too. <laughs> yeah, I was like, crap, man. And I don't know if you made a mistake. And you can't say anything because you get fired. But you want to say, hey, dude, yeah. are you serious? You just gave me two dollars on a four hundred whatever dollar comp. Crazy. Oh, yeah, but those were two dollars from Keanu Reeves. Uh, yeah, I know. That's you know. I waited. On, so we waited. Here's another one. Gary Coleman used to. Gary Coleman used oh, to come yeah. in, and he used to originally when it opened, he would just bring all people and they would just comp them. But he just started coming in too much, and <laughs> eating free meals. And yeah. so then they put him on a a limit. He could get a soda and two orders of the chicken crunch. That was like an appetizer. <laughs> and that's and I first waited on him. He's like, I want. I I'll take my regular. And I'm like, what the? I go in the kitchen. I go, what the hell is guy? Oh, yeah, he's cheap. So he 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 can only have two orders of chicken crunch or an order of chicken crunch and fries. And that <laughs> dude wouldn't even tip. And then he wanted to get a job there as a host. And we're like, oh dude. wow. So yeah, so he didn't tip. It was like, screw you, Gary Coleman. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, gee, well, yeah. Like I'm talking with Rob Sog as he waits tables and he's going on and on and on about people who, you know, they order these exorbitant meals. And then might might leave five dollars. <laughs> oh, it's crazy. I mean, I, I you know, and but with Planet Hollywood, uh, it was uh, it was good though. We used to sit there and get a lot of automatic gratuities because you had to because you know you get big parties. But yeah, yeah, waiting on the celebrities is funny. I mean, as I said, you know, I used to wait on Bruce Willis's mom. She was real sweet, and she's from South Jersey. Like I'm from South Jersey, so that was always yeah. cool. But she would always come in with Bud Friedman's wife. Not his first wife, and that lady had like so much freaking plastic surgery done. She looked like a oh, Gila monster. No. And they, like, how the hell are you even eating without your your yeah. your, your cheeks should be like they look brittle. When your face looks brittle, there's a problem. Yeah, 
Man, that, they, they, those plastic surgeries, they, they get weirder all the time. And uh, I, I think what happens is they'll start one, and then it's not quite what they wanted, which it's never going to be. And they keep going and going, and they end up looking like, you know, uh, when Jack Nicholson was a Joker or something like right. that. Right, yeah, you know? it, it happens like that, man. It's like Rennell's – and some of them – you know, result. You know, Renee Zellweger got plastic surgery. Right, right. Meg Ryan looks like a freaking clown now, and Meg Ryan. Yeah, Ryan that's what. Like, yeah, I was just, yeah. She's she's the classic one that does look like uh, Jack Nicholson's. Yeah, character. you're right. That, you're, her smile just you know, you can see inside of her mouth comes out. It's like yeah, and and she right. was so adorable. You know, with like oh, with that yeah. movie with uh with Eugene Livy and uh John Candy, and and just even in Harry Met Sally, she was just yeah. adorable. And then you all of a sudden you're like. What are you doing, man? It's like, I don't get it. Yeah, I don't know. It's just like the, it's just go ahead and age, you know? I mean, because it, I mean, because that's the plastic surgery isn't the answer because you can never, you can't go back to your, your 20 year old face. Right. You know, it's gone. And uh, so uh, cutting it up like that, it's just not, you, know, you end up looking like an alien. But Zellweger, it was weird with, with her result. Because she's unrecognizable. I mean, you could pass her on the street and not know that you just ran into Renee Zellweger. Because exactly. she looks like a totally different. But that's the strangest ones I've seen. I think kind of similar with Uma Thurman. She did a similar surgery. And, you you know, you just can't recognize them anymore. I know. It's, it, it is nuts. You sit there and go, this is crazy. I'll tell you that Kellyanne Conway, she needs to get some surgery, though. So. <laughs> but see, it'll be worse. <laughs> I know. God. She's a Jersey girl. I'll admit that, but, you know, funny thing is, yeah. me and my girlfriend were talking about this with Kelly Conway. You know, what – at her job, what she does for her job, she is amazing at what she does. She just does it for the wrong people. You know what I mean? But she's like – she's just a gun for hire. But if you want a job done, I mean, dude, she got she got Trump to be president of reality She got star. him in there, yeah, yeah. That's that like was, goes, she goes, she was brought in to save his campaign, and she did. And yeah, it's crazy. But she, uh, she looks, she sort of looks like that uh, flower from Waylon and Madam. <laughs> she's, got, she's got like that sort of face, which is, it's, you know, but it's good. But yeah, I wouldn't recommend uh, plastic surgery because I haven't seen any good results. No, you're right. I mean, and unless then, it's something small that we don't notice. Yeah, yeah, little small things. Like they want to do something for the crow's feet or something like that. But you, you go beyond that. Some of the nose jobs I've seen are good. But beyond that, boy, boy, that, that alien face, he just can't escape. And then look at poor Michael Jackson. I mean, that was a bizarre oh, that, obsession. Yeah, that was, uh, that was it's, just crazy. Just like, watching a man destroy no, himself. I mean, it's like, it does yeah, yeah. So. so I don't know what, yeah, I guess it's just another thing that some people, you can get addicted to anything. And uh, or what's the difference between addiction and obsession? I guess there isn't any. And uh, there you go. You destroy yourself. But, uh, well, what are you going to do? I know. What can you do? Oh, well, just don't get plastic surgery. Yeah, that's okay. all I can tell you. <laughs> or don't be, don't be a performer. Yeah. Well, it, you know, yeah, it is harder on them because it, it, it's based on that a lot, you know, being pretty. And then uh, time is cruel. It, uh, it beats the crap out of you, uh, which is one of the things I've always said, uh, you know, ugly ages well. So when you're already ugly, <laughs> you've got it good. Oh, yeah, man. I used to have hair, you know. Now I look like freaking Uncle June. I look like Uncle June from The Sopranos. I mean, you know, a younger version. I mean, I go shit, man. I can pass yeah, my, but there you go. Pass. See, you could start your character actor career, and you could always be the uh, <laughs> the Uncle Gangster or whatever. That'd be good. I, that's, 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 I'd like to do that. 
Yeah, I always thought the character actor work would be the, the coolest job, you know, because it's pretty much steady work. Yeah, it, it was. But the problem now, though, is, and I've heard this from a lot of my guests, it's not it's not as lucrative as it used to be. Like, you know, the producers yeah. are making more money. The actor or the actors are getting screwed these days. Like even wow. with commercials, you know, like there's a lot of non-union. I, I, I auditioned for a voiceover for a Del Taco commercial. It was yeah. on all the time. It was non-union. And what it paid was a, was a joke. And it's like, you know, these companies should be using union. They should be doing union work. I mean, it's true. They want to make money. And I understand that we're, they are in business. That's like, you know, when people bitch about, you know, people selling out or, you know, this or that. It's like, right, well, isn't right. the idea when you start a business to make freaking money? That's why you start yeah. a business in the first place. <laughs> but it's getting harder on the actors now because the roles, you know, they're just all the movie stars are coming to do TV because it's an easier gig. And then the the way the financing is working and the price structure, the actors getting hurt. Yeah. Yeah, really, the only way to make it big, you gotta you gotta be a, become a big star. However, you do that, <laughs> you gotta still be a teenager by when you start that. So, and then uh, I guess you gotta do a lot of superhero movies and stuff like that. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, it's crazy. You know, it's where you just get a like a crappy sitcom like Two Broke Girls, and yet that thing's going on <laughs> forever. I don't even yeah, know. I don't even. I mean. I was, I almost broke up with my girlfriend because she likes that show. Oh, yeah. <laughs> no, I, I, but uh, no, it's just you watch that and you go. And, and the people who created that, one guy created, you know, was a guy from Sex and the City, which, which was a very well-written show. And then Whitney Cummings, who was pretty funny. So you sit yeah. there and you watch it and you go, what the hell? What, what is this? This show's awful. Yeah. Like their jokes are so set up. It's like, it's like, hey, how you doing? My pussy hurts. I mean, it's like, so, it, it, yeah. it, it, they don't even make sense. And it's like sophomore and you you're waiting for the punch and yeah, yeah so i can't wow, watch this a lot of these that uh i guess some projects they just phone them in for the check you know and yeah you know, you hey it's good checking the writers the writers make killer money so yeah yeah but i i guess because they stay on so somebody's watching it yeah oh yeah the midwest i mean i don't know who's watching it but yeah <laughs> so uh my pussy hurts does goes a long way I know that's 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 you know that's Emmy winning writing. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Uh, oh uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. And your Twitter account it says uh, you're big on the uh, no salt diet or low sodium. Yeah. Diet, well, a few years back, I went to a doctor, and I I, I was traveling back east, and I think I think I think I may have had a heart attack and walked around for a month with a heart attack. Wow. And uh, I ended up having to go to the doctor. I kept going back to my doctor. And he said I had a respiratory infection. He didn't notice that my ankles were so swollen up. I looked, you know, they were huge. Oh, geez. How does I went he to the hospital that? and they said, you I know, exactly. So I went to the hospital and they said I had fluid and uh, they thought I might be walking pneumonia. Well, it turned out I had a congestive heart failure. So yeah. I was in the hospital for five days. And one of the problems is, you know, sodium, you know, Builds up fluid. So I right. wrote a cookbook. I, when I got out of the hospital, I, I had a lot of single women. They don't like to cook because they think one they cooking. Well, hang on a minute. You broke up again. I broke it up. Yeah, it broke up right after you were telling me you got a, after you got out of the hospital. Because I got out of the hospital, I wanted to write a cookbook. Because, you know, okay. cookbook books now there's pictures and 
tons of ingredients and you're like, screw it, it's frustrating. So I just did yeah. a basic low sodium cookbook because I'd go on a low sodium diet. My book's called Stop. StopTheSalt.com. Yeah. Yeah, and I make more money that way. I could sign it for you. But um, but yeah, <laughs> so I just I came out with the cookbook. and it's easy and and it's cheap man food's cheap and people think eating health expensive organic but i'm not all into that organic stuff because idiots buy organic vegetables and then they wash them and they say well they're not organic anymore because you just put tap water on them <laughs> you just did <laughs> yes <laughs> yeah i mean they can eat what they want but that is a bit overblown it's true man people do that you're yeah. like i'm like what do you why'd you wash it i know <laughs> but, um, but yeah so the, the book we can get a stop so and I just, I just, you know, it's easy. It's 120. I broke it up into entrees, sandwiches. It's all the sodium, you know. And so hopefully people will buy it. And because we do have put so much salt in our systems, we don't even know. And, you right, know, right. Like Campbell soup, the soups. You see a soup, and it says so many milligrams of sodium. You go, oh, that's not bad. But then they say oh, the can is two servings. Well, who opens up a Campbell chunky soup and eats it, splits it? No, you <laughs> no, eat the whole damn thing yourself. <laughs> you're gonna so, eat the so whole can. So you're getting <laughs> you can't. Ah, boy, it broke up really so bad what, right so there. So I, I really just have salt. Man. I just say you don't need salt. I mean, you know, people put pizza on salt. It's like, what are you doing? I know. <laughs> Yeah, that's the thing, because, uh, uh, I, yeah, I, I don't put salt in when I'm cooking rice or pasta or any of that, because uh, I think it's enough as it is. And there's plenty of, but I see people just pouring it on there, and I guess, I don't know, maybe it's a difference in taste buds. They need more uh, pop to it or something, but I, you know, to this point, I don't put salt in most of anything, because it just makes me sick even looking at it. Right, yeah, it's crazy. So, so yeah. it's a salty enough world as it is. <laughs> you don't exactly. need to shake more on it. All right. Well, uh, I'm sorry about the technical difficulties here. Hey, no it problem, is breaking dude. up hey, a I've bit. I've been there. But, I happened yeah. a few weeks ago. My Slim Jim Phantom from the Stray Cats, the first 19 minutes <coughs> are all choppy, but then it gets good. So I know what happens. It's, you know, it's, it's Skype. You know, oh. Yeah, I know. What oh, are you going to do? There's a, damn, there's a damn blizzard going on across the country. Yes. I'm <laughs> We can still talk, so I'm not complaining. Yeah, no, I, I can't gripe too much. I mean, it's it's a, a amazing technology because uh, I can remember when we didn't have it. So I do appreciate it. I'm just, you know, I just wish things could be clearer, but it wasn't. But we got a good uh, talk through here, and I uh, appreciate it. And uh, I'll talk to you again when I get the chance. And uh, uh, Great, man. I want people to check out Cooper Talk. Uh, coopertalk.net and at and stopthesalt.com for the uh, cookbook and uh, there's 595 episodes of uh, very fascinating people the latest being Liz Vassy of CSI so check that out great man well it was good talking to you brother it was good talking to you Steve stay in touch you're listening to the Mr. Nelson Show here on radiomisfits.com Well, it's another spaghetti sci-fi riffed by yours truly. Oh, man.
yeah, don't leave me hanging. Fill me in on the details. Well, this time it's Mr. Nelson Riff's War of the Robots. Oh, boy. Yes, in War of the Robots, a scientist from Earth is kidnapped by a bunch of robots that all look like the late Rolling Stone Brian Jones. Huh, yes. The crew of the starship Trissy. What? <laughs> yes, they call it the starship Trissy. Uh, they pursue the robots to rescue the scientist and his beautiful assistant. They run around a lot, and once in a while they shoot ray guns and then watch TV. Yes, this spaghetti sci-fi romp was made by the same guys who made Cosmos War of the Planets. Oh, wow! Yes, so once again, someone on the set forgot to turn on the lights during filming. Oh, <laughs> but wait, there's more. Also in this package deal, you get Chapter 4 of Flash Gordon, Space Soldiers Conquer the Universe. Yes, Flash saves the Earth by taking a powder on a mountain. Meanwhile, Ming the Merciless makes Dale watch as Dr. Zarkov is forced to wear a dress. Warning! Due to an extreme lack of talent, bathroom humor is deployed throughout the film. It also contains some music from Kevin MacLeod. Oh, wow! Where can I get this? Oh, you just have to head over to selfie.com slash Nelson. And this little gem can be yours, simply for a buck seventy-five. Oh, wow! Cheap! Yes. Yes, it is. You're listening to the Mr. Nelson Show here on RadioMisfits.com. Previously, on the ASS, American Super Society, War on Terror. My muscles are so numb, I, I can't use my super speed to be, build up enough heat to melt us out of here. Well, there is one way we could warm you up. Yeah? How's that? Well, we would need to strip naked, cuddle, and share our body heat. What? Oh, you think you are so funny. Well, we shall see who is laughing when we send this gift from Allah to Washington, D.C. Great mascara! The bomb! Good lord. So it's true. The Nazis did develop the atomic bomb. Yes, and now it is the atomic bomb of the Mujahideen! All right, I've seen enough. You seem to have dulled my super strength with some sort of narcotic. But that won't save you goons from the light of my radioactive ass! Holy shit! Look deep into my ass. No man can resist my bright, shiny hiney. Yes, I... I obey. No, horror! You will kiss your own ass as you are now in my power, for it is I who is now your master. <laughs> oh, come on, Amir. You've got to be kidding. You're wearing your towels too tight on your head if you think Moon made stupid enough to be hypnotized by our own ass. I... I am in your power, master. What? No, who may no? Come on, you can you can beat this. It's it's just it's just a bright light coming from the glorious glowing orbs of your butt cheeks. I uh, I obey, master. <laughs> ah, yes, yes. So much for America's superheroes. And now, chapter three of the ASS American Super Society. War on Terror. And now it's time for the adventures of the world's greatest superheroes, the ASS American Super Society. 
ourselves in the White House, home of the President of the United States, in Washington, D.C., the Capitol. Mr. President, we still have received no word from our superheroes on their mission. Oh, oh, oh man, well, that sucks. I guess that's it, huh? Not necessarily, Mr. President. You see, all we have to do is call in another team of superheroes, which is exactly what I've done. Oh, oh cool. Show them in. Suddenly, into the Oval Office walk four colorfully garbed individuals, the first of which is a man covered head to toe in blue tights with leopard print shorts on the outside. Behind him, a woman head to toe in red tights with a black bustier and panties and black hip boots. Behind her is a rather large woman garbed in what appears to be a green tunic with a purple wizard hat adorned with moons and stars on her head. She's also wearing red and white tights. But behind her, the most strangest of them all, what appears to be a floating globule creature wearing only a green cape. Oh man. <laughs> oh, this looks like Halloween or something. Yes, yes. Mr. President, may I introduce you the second wave of our American Super Society. We have here this floating globule thing in a cape. It is in actuality a woman from the planet Venus. Oh, wow! <laughs> yes, it turns out there's life on Venus. Um, anyway, she goes by the name of Venusian Headhunter. She has vast mental telepathy powers and uh, telekinesis and uh, other stuff like that. Yeah, I don't know what any of that means, but uh, I guess it's good, huh? Yes, it is. Standing next to her is a lovely lady originally from New Orleans. She goes by the name of the Scarlet Siren. Uh, an accident nearly ruined her musical career due to severe damage to her vocal cords, but she managed to find an experimental procedure that wasn't exactly legal but due through some sort of strange cybernetic techniques. Her voice now has the ability to shatter mountains should she reach the right pitch. Oh, man. <laughs> that's, that's pretty cool. The man standing next to her is called Tomcat Tom. Tomcat Tom basically has the powers of a cat. He has incredible agility. Uh, he can see at night. Retractable claws from his fingers, and apparently he possesses nine lives, or rather, seven at the moment, since he's already used up two. And lastly, but certainly not least, we have Miss Wizard. <laughs> Miss Wizard? <laughs> Boy, more like Miss Tumblelord. Looks like she had missed too many meals. <laughs> yes, but sir, I'd, I'd keep that down as, um... Uh, she has the ability to probably turn us into toads. Yes, Miss Wizard possesses the strange alchemical properties that can alter reality and maybe even transmute matter. Well, hey, we just sent her alone. Yes, that would seem the logical choice, Mr. President, but unfortunately she's kind of an idiot. So this is our newest group of superheroes, and uh, like the previous group, we believe they have their own means of transportation. So 
I've briefed them on the mission, and they should be on their way shortly. Wait a minute. They're not going to provide us with transportation? Don't worry, Scarlet Baby. I don't think that'll matter, because as I understand it, uh, Miss Wizard here can simply teleport us to where we need to be simply by thinking about it. Is this true? Well, not exactly. You see, my alchemical abilities allows me to manipulate reality, so I could change our position by getting to where we need to go. <laughs> and, well, all I need to do is concentrate, like, say, this photograph of Dr. Spectacular, and then I should be able to transport us to wherever he is. <laughs> but, but what if you get it wrong? You could transport us to the wrong location. Well, <laughs> don't worry, because all I gotta do is, is open a portal, and we can peer inside and see if it's the right location before we go forward. Like so. And suddenly, Miss Wizard begins to move her hands in a circular motion. And before the gathered superheroes, the President and Colonel Dick Rage appears a giant glowing circle that slowly begins to fade in to some sort of image that suddenly reveals the naked forms of Dr. Spectacular and Whizbang. Wrapped in Spectacular's cape, still trapped in their tomb of snow and ice, and engaged what appears to be anal intercourse. Oh my goodness! Oh, oh man! Jeez! Oh. I didn't think I'd see that. I, I apologize, Mr. President. Can't you guys do something about this? What? Good Lord! Who are you guys? Well, how did you get here? Uh, is that the White House? Uh, it's not what it looks like. But is it what it looks like? And what happened to Night Knight and Moon Maid? Will these new superheroes be able to find them? Tune in next time to find the answers to these and other questions in part four of the ASS, American Super Society, War on Terror. The ASS, the American Super Society, is a Nelson production. All characters are performed by me, Douglas Nelson. Incidental music is provided by Kevin McLeod and other public domain sources. <laughs> well, crazy superheroes, huh? But what do you expect from people who dress like that? All right, uh, that brings us to the end of this episode of the Mr. Nelson Show. Once again, I want to thank my guest, Steve Cooper, uh, for agreeing to visit with me. And uh, I do want you to check out coopertalk.net if you haven't already. Uh, a lot of great interviews there. And also his, uh, his cookbook, the uh, Stop the Salt at StopTheSalt.com, where he's got a lot of low-sodium recipes for you that are easy to make and are inexpensive so head over to stopthesalt.com and pick that up all right next week uh plan to be visiting with uh, mercedes again so check that out next week but until then good night everybody The views and opinions expressed during the Mr. Nelson show do not necessarily reflect those held by RadioMisfits.com. So, any complaints and or comments should be sent to at Mr. Nelson on Twitter, where they'll be promptly ignored and or blocked. And so, Keanu Reeves had a band. Him and his band Dogstar were there, yeah. and at the end, they got comped, of course. Keanu's like, oh, I got it, man, I got it. So he shakes my hand. 
and he gives me two bills. I'm like, and sweet, and sweet, sweet. Like, you know, it's 200 bucks, you know? It was yeah. two $1 bills. Two <laughs> oh, $1 bills. <laughs> two dollars. 